For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Please hit subscribe. All right, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 162, wow, of uh, the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. And don't forget, we have a brand new website out, you guys. Thanks for using it. Thanks for sitting down with us. We are licensed brokers at Windermere. A lot of people, and I mean a lot of people. We are beginning to hang signs right now from Everett all the way to Auburn, over to Bellevue, Sammamish, back to Queen Anne. We got a lot of Ron and Don Windermere signs hanging right now because people are selling homes, they're buying homes. Ronanddonsitdown.com is the place to sit down with us. Ron, before we get to the show, it's been really busy, hasn't it? It's been really busy. It's been really interesting. And also, if you're an investor, uh, we don't have to spell out too much about the Amazon uh, putting HQ2 slash 1 over into Bellevue. Also, REI building a new headquarters, then backing out at the last minute and Facebook going, that's a pretty nice building. We'll buy it. So, like, a lot of stuff with tech is happening on the east side. Uh, they're putting in light rail on the east side. How do all of those things work? Whether you're a seller or a buyer, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com and book an appointment. Yeah, we have something really cool, too. We have some new Ron and Don buyers, seller guides, or selling guides that we can send to you, too, right? Absolutely. Just reach out to me, ron at windermere.com, and I can hook you up. Yeah, so if you're thinking about doing that, we got a little manual. We're on there. There's pictures of us, and my son says, I look horrible in all the pictures, but Mr. Ron looks really cool. So if you want a buyer guide or a seller guide, we'll send that to you for free. Cost you absolutely nothing. Again, reach out to Ron. Ron at windermere.com. If you want to Sit down, Ron and Don. Sit down. dot com, and uh, we'll jump online with you, and then come virtually visit your home. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don show, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. A lot of people talking about her. A lot of people showing up at this incredible memorial, as she is the first female to ever line state. Uh, and there's a lot of folks stopping by, including former presidents. Uh, I don't know if you saw all her law clerks. There was like. It seemed like there were one million law clerks. You could just tell how long she has been at it just by her long law clerks. My sister, in fact, has a law degree, went to George uh, Washington University. Her picture right next to RBG uh, with all the law clerks, she sent it to me uh, the day after she died. So, yeah, she had a lot of impact, especially on women attorneys uh, that are ambitious in that way. Wow, super cool. So we're going to talk about her. Her... She was working out with someone for the last 20 years, and her workouts were world-renowned. And he did something in front of her casket uh, today that everybody's talking about. So we want to talk about that because I kind of have a different take about it. Also, what does it take to be persuasive? Uh, Speaking of the Supreme Court, I want to share with you a guy that's been in front of the Supreme Court 41 times. And he said, if you want to persuade somebody to marry you, to be your friend, to sell you their home, to get a better deal on a car, whatever it is. He says, these three things you must do. We're talking about that. Before we talk about that, let's talk about this. New article today out about how the pandemic ends. It's really interesting. Pac-12 football announces today. 
they are back. We're going to play seven games. The NFL, we're watching the NFL. We're really surprised that we haven't seen teams just wipe out, be wiped out by COVID-19. It seems like the country is getting ready to kind of reopen and excel. And at the same time, we have a report now today that in almost 30 states, the cases now are beginning to rise. As we look over in Europe, it's like it looks like the second wave of COVID-19 is hitting Europe right now. How does it end here in the States for the rest of us? I'll tell you how it doesn't end. It doesn't end by election day. So despite what anybody says on their Facebook feed or any politician gets up and starts making promises, this is not the the biggest takeaway I had from the, the article that you sent me. And I read it's a fascinating article is that this is not an event. It's a process. In other words, you don't have a press release on a Tuesday and Pfizer comes out or some other biotech company comes out and says, here we we have developed a vaccine we're confident in, and on Wednesday, uh, we all run out to the bar and we party like it's 1999. Like, that's not how this works. The the rollout is going to be slow. It's going to take a long time. You're still going to be required to wear masks. We're still going to go through phases. Uh, the, the biggest thing to me first is going to be once you initially have a vaccine that they believe in and have to ramp up production those initial dosages they don't go to ron and don like we're not uh in in one of the populations that gets that this is going to go to frontline workers hospital workers people that are interacting with with covid19 patients they get the first dosage and then maybe school teachers get the second so there's a long line before uh, you and i would just show up and and get a dose. Second thing is, is I'm, they say the one that's available right now that they believe is, is the most likely to succeed, that you, your average CVS or your average Walgreens won't be able to carry it because of the special ways in which it needs to be stored temperature-wise. Uh, so that's going to be a hurdle. And then the third thing is you have to take two vo- doses of the vaccine in a 30-day increment. And so that means making 660 million uh, doses of the this vaccine and then we already can predict the backlash of autism and my cat can't take it and i'm anti-vaxxer and all of that stuff there'll be rumor mills and uh articles from the examiner.org and all of these different websites the blaze the deep state the deep state is trying to control your mind and all of that stuff bill gates is making billions it's like I, well, he's already made trillions. Why does he need to make millions? So, uh, um, so that's going to be another hurdle. But yeah. the, the, the long answer, because I've already rambled, is that it looks like um, it's going to come in stages. It's going to come. It's not going to be an event. It's going to be a process. Most likely uh, 2020. This time uh, next year, they're hoping that you could go out and maybe not be wearing a mask necessarily unless you want to uh, in public spaces. Yeah. You think we'll be at football games and big stadiums by this time next year? It's possible. Yeah. Like a lot of things have to go right. And a lot of it's in the hands of a government that is in, in, in mortal combat right now with the very scientists that are trying, that have to defy uh, the government in order to get a vaccine out and to, to help people. I'm really amazed and sickened by the way that Dr. Fauci and also the head of the CDC has been demonized. We have to remember science is allowed to change its mind. And it's I the gr- whole point. And I grew up in church and in church, you're not allowed to s- and I studied hermeneutics. I studied homiletics. And I studied scripture and all that stuff. And I was a, a, a youth pastor in a small church for a number of years. Uh, and I had a minister's license and all that stuff. So we'd take all these courses. And 
and, and Christianity is really based on the fact that either you believe Jesus Christ was a liar, a lunatic, or exactly who he said he was. It's black and white, baby. There's, there, there is no gray area. All the answers have been answered. It's a really simple way to live. If, if All you have to do is accept the fact that 2,000 years ago you believe that this man died on a cross and he's the son of God in, in the biblical story and that he had blonde hair and blue eyes because we all know he did. Done. Let's go to lunch. So with that said, and I surely don't want to make fun of that or people's faith, and my son and I pray to Jesus every night because he wants to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all in with you. Let's do this thing. But the point being, science is not black and white. Science lives in those areas where, hey, Earth might be flat. We think it's round. Let's go out and do some experiments and figure this thing out because to me it looks flat. Uh, but the pictures from the space shuttle, I remember, uh, it looks like the, the earth is probably round. There's a pretty good chance when you look at it from space. So we've been able, and we allow science to change its mind. For some reason, we're not allowing the CDC. We're not, not allowing Dr. Fauci. We aren't allowing some of the great scientific minds around the world to change their mind. We, we need to give room and space for that. Somehow we've said science needs to be black and white like evangelical Christianity is, or like other uh, other faiths that people embrace, we we need to give ourselves some room and some space here to try to get this thing right. And here, here's one. There's, there's, there's a new article out today that says, hey, one of the vaccines is on the forefront. It's not two doses. It's one dose. But this particular dose may only last five or six months where they feel like the one with two doses may last Longer, And we also know that there's lots of scientists all around the world and lots of laboratories all around the world and a lot of laboratories right here in Washington State that are all competing to get this right. Yeah. Which and I'd means rather sometimes give... you're going to get it wrong on the way to getting it right, right? Well, and the other thing that will happen, and it doesn't mean that everything is wrong, someone's going to die from the vaccine. That happens with every vaccine. Uh, and I'm not trying to be trivial over that person's life, but there will be a reaction of, see, I told you. It's like, that's, that's not how medicine works. That's not how science works, to your point, is this is not, I think people are used to like digital software where it's like you get a product that's pretty close to perfect. Um, and, you know, if your search feature doesn't work in Outlook, all of a sudden it's outrageous. I can't believe it. My printer doesn't work. What's going on? It's like, well, a human being wrote that code and a human being designed this thing. So maybe it just isn't working right and that's now. That's why there's updates all the time. And they're fixing I looked, it. I looked at all my apps and, and yeah, right. last night and, and I don't update very much. I think I had 81 updates. So the point being. So I got those updates. Is you're right. If we're going to need, this is going to be a work in progress they're trying to do something, they being the scientific community, that has never been done before. Uh, and that is to make a vaccine for a pandemic in a calendar year. That's never happened. It usually takes four to five to six years to develop something. And even then, you don't know if it's going to be effective. Yeah. So this is unprecedented. All right. Uh, we come back. Let's talk about being persuasive. Let's talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, and her trainer showing up and doing something kind of extraordinary. Also, Ron wrote something. Uh, is really, really good, you guys. And you're having a great reaction to it on social media. I think you'll have a great reaction to it on the podcast too. And that's involving that young paramedic, Brianna Taylor, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, only one of the three officers 
was actually charged and he wasn't charged with her murder. He was charged with something else. And now people are reacting all over the country. Ron had a big time reaction that we'll share with you straight ahead. All right. It's the Ron and Don show only on the Ron and Don radio network. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Catherine Walker. I was on the board at the time of Plymouth Healing Communities, which is this small nonprofit here in Seattle that provides permanent supportive housing for adults with chronic mental illness who've experienced homelessness. Um, We were deciding to sell Agape House. I have a lot of confidence in Don, so I contacted him to ask him if he would be willing to help us. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. I expected that we would hire a real estate agent and that agent would earn a commission, whatever the kind of standard is. And maybe we might be able to negotiate a little bit, but that we would pay a commission and that would be just part of the cost of selling the house. When I told Ron and Don about Plymouth Healing Communities and what we do and what we've been doing for 20 years here in the community, they were so I guess moved by the mission of the organization and the incredibly vulnerable population that we help we serve adults with chronic mental illness who've experienced homelessness they offered to donate their commission to help our organization so it was um, it was incredible and so appreciated by our organization and I would highly recommend them for any kind of you know real estate transaction. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Hey you guys, episode 162 rolls on. It's the uh, Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Let's hit some headlines. Ruth Bader Ginsburg lies in state. Uh, The only female to ever lie in state, which uh, is really extraordinary. It's incredible. Her trainer showed up today. Uh, She had pancreatic cancer going all the way back. Two decades, she fought cancer. And so she hired a trainer 20 years ago. His name is Bryant Johnson. Uh, They worked out together almost every day. He showed up... uh, where she was lying in state, like a lot of presidents have done and former presidents have done. Uh, the president got booed the other day, and then there was a chant, which uh, I didn't appreciate. I didn't think that was correct. I didn't think that was right. And I thought the people that were chanting, it made them look very small. And I think it disrespected her. Uh, there's a time and a place, and the time and place was not that. When you have the president come out with his wife, and then they start booing and chanting. So I get sentiment. I understand that people are angry. Uh, but I thought that was disrespectful uh, to her. Then her trainer, and everybody is celebrating the story today, that he got down and pumped out three push-ups. And I looked at that, and I said to myself, why not more? You can only do three. Because if I was there, why can't you do four? Give me five. How about six? Can you give me ten? Why don't you drop right now? We're talking about a Supreme Court justice right here, Brian. You can't give me 20. You can't give me 25. You you can't dig down and do the best you can right now and then, oh, give me a little bit more. You can't do 30, 35, 40. 
What about 45 push-ups? What's the matter with you? She's the only female to ever lie in state, and you can't do 50 push-ups right now? And you know what you were really doing? You were selling your cookbook, weren't you? Yes, you were. You were selling your brand new book about the notorious RBG and these incredible workouts you do. I'm sorry, I'm not buying these incredible workouts when you can only do three push-ups! It's goddamn ridiculous. It really is. I was a little disappointed in this trainer. I hope he sold a lot of books today. He became a multimillionaire. You know what I learned, though, is she herself, she herself was quite a character. When you go back and you read the book that she wrote about uh, some of the workouts that she did, she enjoyed being famous. She did. She leaned into it a little bit. She embraced it. She was a bit of a ham. And also, she was an incredible just an incredible human being. There's a lot going on there with the notorious RBG. What did you think of the three push-ups today? I'm going to push back hard because, A, there could have been a time limit. <laughs> you know, if there's a lot of people in line, you yeah. don't want to stand there. It's more, look at me, if you're there for two and a half minutes doing push-ups. <laughs> So I think three is plenty. Okay. Uh, I doubt seriously that he was thinking about his cookbook. And also, from what I've heard in talking to authors, you don't make a lot of money but, but selling a book. You can make a little bit of money, but you're not. There's only there's only a few millionaires off of books. You got to sell over sixty thousand copies to make to make real money. Yeah, and then it, that's not even close to a million. So I'm going to let him express his uh, his uh, relationship to, however he wants so with you RBG. Liked it. You thought it was nice. I think it's fine. Like let the guy uh, do his his thing in the way he wants to do it. I, I do think I, I agree with you. Having her lie in state was the right thing to do uh, she's a giant to this country especially to women's rights in america um the president didn't have to come he had there have been memorials including a world war ii memorial where he just didn't show up and so the fact that he showed up um and you know was significant and that a funeral and a procession is not the right time for uh to make noise i agree with you on yeah that. okay a couple more headlines here cryptocurrency a big headline saying that the irs has set a trap for all the people out there that are making millions of dollars on cryptocurrency what kind of trap has the irs set because last time i checked i didn't even think anyone was working at the irs anymore uh because they weren't allowed to report at work you had a lot of agents uh and also people that just work for the irs that were working from home. And during this tax season, it has been a wreck if you try to get anyone. I know I've tried to get people on the phone from the IRS. It's been very difficult and very hard. This is interesting because they're trying to close up some loopholes. Because if, you, if you're really savvy and you're a big-time crypto guy uh, or gal, the IRS, there's no way for them to know the transactions you've done until you convert it back to U.S. currency. So if you've made the leap... Uh, and you've taken a bunch of money and converted it into crypto. Theoretically, you could put that off seas or overseas in an offshore bank account, do all your transactions, and the IRS would never, all they would see is that some money came out of your account. So in terms of the profits or losses that you took on that, they're viewing, they're starting to treat it as an investment vehicle, as if you're trading stocks and they want to take a, uh, you know, a percentage of your capital gains. But if you uh, are trading in your account um, and you're trading 
you know, from the Cayman Islands, let's say, the United States is never going to know whether or not you did it. So they put that on there so that then if you do, if you check the box, no, and then you actually did, they will have a recourse when and if you ever transfer that money back into U.S. currency to say, aha, we caught you, you lied. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess check the box. Uh, most people are not trading high enough amounts to really make that big of a difference, I don't think. Yeah. All right. Uh, as we roll through the headlines here, last headline, gentleman making headlines today. He's actually one of the litigators that spoke before the Supreme Court and Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, 41 times. That's incredible. Yeah. In fact, I'll share his name in a moment. Uh, he is so persuasive, he went before the Supreme Court and he argued the fact that the tribunals, for instance, that were going on in Guantanamo Bay, that those should stop. Uh, and they did stop as a result of that. They say he's one of the most persuasive men in the world. And I'm going to give you three things that he said that you should do in your own life, whether you're standing before the court with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, whether you're doing a deal at Windermere with Ron and Don, or whether you're just getting your kid to go to bed. Uh, he talks about this on a TED Talk. His name is Neil Kotyal. And he says, there's three things that we all must do. Are you ready? Yep. He said, the number one thing is a lot of people think in order to per persuade somebody that you have to be confident. And he said that that's wrong. He said, the conventional wisdom is that you have to be or you speak with confidence. And that's how I persuade people. He said, what I remember and what i know is i'm talking and even before the court or if i'm just talking to my kid he said a lot of times confidence undermines persuasiveness because you're not listening and you're also not uh excluding uh empathy and he said empathy when you're trying to persuade someone is so important and if you're too confident a lot of times you come off as too cocky you're too informed, you know too much, and it's very, very difficult to meet in the middle. And a to lot be of less confident, yeah. to be more persuasive. In order to be, and I don't know, less confidence, but you shouldn't lead with confidence. You should lead with empathy. All right, that All makes right. sense. Uh, number two, he said, don't get over emotional. He said, a lot of times you think you have to go in, you have to be bombastic. A lot of times you think you feel like you have to go in and you have to land blows. He said, if you can get the other side to be bombastic, if you can get the other side to get emotional, then a lot of times it appears to the Supreme Court justices or it appears to a jury or appears to your kids or the kids in the classroom because you're a teacher that you're a little unhinged and you're a little out of control. And emotion doesn't necessarily persuade someone. So if you have a tendency to be emotional, uh, to dial that back. What about volume? If when you're only on the Ron and Don Radio Network, is volume persuasive? Finally, he said, uh, don't give up. He said, your attempt to persuade may uh, fail, but don't count yourself out. He said he suffered one of the most frustrating failures of his career in 2017 when he argued against presidential, you may have heard of this, Donald Trump's executive order uh, barring citizens of predominantly Muslim countries, plus North Korea, from entering the United States. Uh, and he stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. He went before the Supreme Court five times, uh, and he finally won after the fifth time. Hmm. On that. So anyway, I thought that that was really interesting because a lot of times you think if you were standing before the Supreme Court, uh, I can't imagine standing before some of the world's greatest minds 
some of the greatest minds, and you have to persuade them. You know what would drive you crazy if that Clarence Thomas would never talk to you. You that's, would just be like, I told you that. Last I know. Time. That's what I'm saying. If you were arguing, I think you're in the back of your mind, you're like I'm going to get him to talk. He doesn't talk. I yeah. know. Doesn't he's talked one time? One, one, one time. He's talked one time. I think in the last two decades. So uh, we come back. You've written some. I have. I'm going to tell you, give you my thoughts on the Breonna Taylor results from the FBI investigation of her death. Okay, we'll talk about that on the other side of this. Hey, you guys. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, our whole economy is directly affected by technology, right? One of the big technology hubs now, along with San Francisco and places up in Canada. Here's the thing. There's a great, great podcast you should check out. It's called Geek Wire, right? What is Geek Wire? Yeah, Geek Wire is right here in, the, in Seattle. It covers everything you need to know about tech, and it interprets it for you because a lot of times you're like, I have no idea what that means. So if you like our, our podcast, we invite you to check out Geek Wire. You can subscribe to Geek Wire for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Check out Geek Wire. Listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening to episode uh, 162 of the Ron and Don Show. And again, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, let's sit down. We're gonna do that with Matt on Monday. We'd love to sit down with you. And all you have to do is reach out to us, ronanddonsitdown.com. It explains our process, our system, what we do, how you can get in touch with us. And then uh, we can jump online some morning this week and connect, all right? ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, last 48 hours, a decision was made in Louisville, Kentucky. There are three officers uh, that showed up on a no-knock warrant, it's called. And typically what happens is the police show up early in the morning, if not in the middle of the night, and they have a warrant from a judge that says they don't need to knock. The reason they don't want to knock is because they feel like they can get officers hurt. And also, if you've let the the folks inside, the bad guys know that you're there, that gives them an opportunity to barricade themselves. They could flush drugs down the toilet. They could start hiding things. They could hurt someone. They could take a hostage. Uh, they could grab a gun, a weapon. They could get low. So... They go on a no-knock warrant. And you saw this on television shows like Cops all the time, which, by the way, has been canceled. That show is canceled. One of the most popular shows out there in syndication. I mean, as popular as Seinfeld and Friends. That show's been canceled. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. It has been decided by a grand jury that one of those particular officers that fired his gun uh, did not commit murder, did not commit manslaughter. He was reckless. Because the bullets he fired could have gone into another apartment. Other two officers were found to basically, and it'll be interesting to see if they're able to keep their jobs. Uh, they were have they they were found to be in the right, saying that hey, a gun was fired at them and they returned fire. Ron has some thoughts about this because now we're seeing a reaction all around the country. And as we head into the weekend, we may see some riots around the country this weekend. Here in Seattle, we'll see what's happening because people are beginning to march. But we've had lots and lots of rain supposed to clear up this weekend. And I imagine people are going to take to the streets and they're probably going to try to jump on I-5 again. So I'm going to read what I wrote, but I wanted to have this little preamble. I, I 
did a lot of work to not react to this the way I normally would react to it. Like you and I have been talking about news stories like this for two decades. And so I took a moment to say, I'm, I'm going to try to approach this with fresh eyes, fresh ears with everything that I've been learning about lately. And so here's what I wrote. I got into a heated discussion with a friend about Breonna Taylor last night. Their position, as I understand it, is that the shooting death of Taylor is just a tragic mistake. Nothing more. While sad and unfortunate, Brianna had been dating a man involved in drugs in the past, and police thought that that man was in her apartment. He was not. At the time, the no-knock warrant used by police was legal. No-knocks have since been outlawed there. According to my friend, when Brianna's current partner, not the man being suspected in the drug investigation, when he fired a gun towards someone who he thought was breaking into the apartment, the police officers were then justified to fire back into the home because their lives were at risk. Brianna was asleep in her bed one minute, heard a loud crash at the door, was shot five times, and then died. I actually think the new report is she was shot six times. Sidebar. The boyfriend testified he yelled out to ask who was at the door when the knocking started and that the police did not respond or identify themselves. He testified he had a weapon because they were afraid that the previous boyfriend that was being investigated wanted by police, he might come back and harm Brianna. The final point for my friend is that the local FBI looked at the case, that there should be no further charges to the police officers involved. Case closed. I would usually insert a paragraph here telling you how much I've spent supporting the police over the years, but I'll skip the disclaimer this time. I actually can see the logic in this line from my friend. It makes a lot of sense if you accept a tremendous amount of underlying assumptions that have become baked into the fabric of how law enforcement works in the United States. May I take a minute to point out just a few reasons why I believe people of color might be unsatisfied with the result of the grand jury. Some of the low-hanging fruit I see. One, Brianna had broken up with the man under investigation several years ago. Did investigators verify where he was before asking for the no-knock warrant? Would it be too much to require that someone from law enforcement actually see the suspect enter a building before they break down the door of that building? Number two, have we not been told for our entire lives that one has the right to protect one's home from intruders with force? When police are battering ram, taking a battering ram to a door without having to identify themselves, what are the people on the inside supposed to think? Would not every gun owner in America consider firing a round towards a person crashing through their door in the middle of the night? Be honest. Does it make a difference to you that these people are black? Number three, one of the officers unloaded his firearm completely from outside the home through the glass with zero line of sight, violating his own training. What if there had been children in this apartment? If blindly shooting into apartment with complete disregard for the, where those bullets could land isn't a criminal charge, what is? And number four, isn't it true that we have a right to a fair trial in this country? Even if one or both of the people in that apartment had committed crimes or hell, been actively doing crimes at the time. That does not mean they should be killed. Our system is to arrest someone and let the criminal justice system take its course, not execute people in their own homes that may be connected to a person committing crimes. Before you throw a bunch of what-isms at me, please stop and put yourself in their shoes. What would you call it if your daughter, 
your girlfriend, your wife, your friend was killed in their own home. Would you call that murder? Yeah, that that is really good. And, and my reaction to it is, is really different. Uh, in my reaction to it, some people aren't going to like it. Under the current system, those cops walk. And under the current system, maybe they should. Because if you're a police officer, our policing has been built upon a fractured system. And that is not the fault of someone that signed up in Louisville, Kentucky to be a cop. And if the rules are, if the rule, if I'm on this team, if I'm on this team and the rules are that a no knock warrant is lawful. If the rules are, and the law says, I don't have to identify myself. Because if I identify myself in the dark, I'm not going to do that because now I've given you a shooting target and I'm not going to be a shooting target. And now you fired a weapon at me? My training tells me to fire back. So I can see why those cops were cleared. If, if you want to prosecute those cops in this particular case, I don't know that you can, but you have to prosecute the system. You have to prosecute the system. We look at the third officer and we say, yeah, your training took over and it wasn't very good because you always revert to the lowest common denominator of your training. And when you're going from a window to a door and you're just unloading your gun, uh, something has gone very, very wrong with your training. So I can see why this grand jury was just hung on it and just going, well, what do we do? Because now you've outlawed the no-knock warrants. But here's what happens typically. A lot of those no-knock warrants are things that quote-unquote get outlawed when the public's paying attention. Six months, a year from now, uh, those things are layered back into uh, police departments all around the country. There is no uniformity, right? In other words, here in Seattle, do you know what the rules are for engagement of a no-knock warrant? And I do, but I think most people don't, and I'm not going to get into it here. On the other hand, what you just said... Like my cousin Jimmy, who we talked about, Midwest, Trumper, uh, he sleeps with a gun. I have, I have a cop friend that I know because he's dealt with a lot of gang members over the years. He lives on the east side. He, he works for SPD. He sleeps with a sawed-off shotgun. What would happen if you came through his door on a no-knock and you didn't say anything and all of a sudden, someone shows up and you ask yourself to identify and you look across and they have a gun and they're not even in uniform. He's going to shoot them dead. They're going to die. And he's a cop. So the argument that you just made, Ron, people really have to ask themselves, what would I do if, it, if I was Breonna Taylor and I'm in that bed and somebody comes through the door? And I have armed myself for this moment, and especially if you're a black person in the United States of America, we have learned that they run into these types of situations, especially with cops, a lot more than we do. So I can clearly see the fractures on both sides. I can feel the emotion on both sides, and I can understand why the grand jury made the decision that they made. And even if they were sitting there and there's a part of them that said, hey, we want to prosecute these cops with the current laws, you couldn't. And again, there is no uniformity in policing across the United States. And if you're going to give someone a badge and you're going to give someone a gun 
and you're going to allow them in some cases to be judge, jury, and executioner, executioner, then the training has to be much, much better. And I think that's one of the reasons why you saw here in the, in, in the city of Seattle, and in, in my, my internal guts is to push against it. Why did nine council members, nine council members, universally just vote to override the mayor's three vetoes and say, no, we are defunding the police. No, we are firing those hundred cops. No, we are firing all those navigation teams. No, we are not moving the homeless around and we are not doing sweeps right now. And a lot of that has, is connected to COVID-19 and they're following CDC guidelines. At the end of the day, there are, there are nine people on the city council who are not my favorite people, but there has to be, their, constitu- their constituents must be telling them something where the nine of them are reacting in a city that needs more policing. And they're saying, no, nah, we need less policing. And you know what? We're going to stand up and defund it. Great job writing that. I'm going to give you uh, uh, the final say. Yeah, I, all the points you make are valid points. And so the, the intention of that piece was to say, can I put myself in the shoes of someone else and, and go, boy, this anger makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I get everything that you just said. I would like people to think about this, though, for a second. We don't bat an eye when we think of, oh, well, um, these people may have been involved in drugs at some point. So showing up at, at midnight, one in the morning, guns blazing makes sense. Let me just ask you, there are crimes that happen all over the place that do just as much, if not more damage. There are white collar criminals that rape people of millions of dollars. Do we show up with guns blazing at one in the morning at those places? Uh, There are crimes that happen all the time uh, across the spectrum. And so ask yourself, why is it that we're so heavy handed as a society against minorities that happen to be selling drugs? Do you think that there are white people in Louisville that sell drugs? Are they treated the same way? It's a rhetorical question, but the system itself, you're right, is under indictment here. And I hope that Breonna Taylor's story can can help change some of those. I, I, I don't believe that cops now, and this has changed over the years, just universally be immune from everything because they happen to be on duty. I don't, I don't believe that anymore. I think that law really needs to be looked at. You don't get just universal blanket immunity that because you were on duty uh, and you felt like your life was in danger that you can just empty your weapon whenever you want and go, I was on duty. Felt, felt, felt scared. I don't think that's good enough anymore. That's episode 162, you guys. Uh, thanks for sharing the Ron and Don show with other people. Hit the subscribe button, please. And uh, if this episode meant anything to you, share it with a friend or share it with someone that you know is in the Ron and Don Nation. Just hit that share button. And then also you can write a review on Apple for us. That really helps us out a lot, too. So uh, the podcast is free. It's always going to be free. But that's why we have great sponsors like Les Schwab and also Ron and Don. We are licensed brokers at Windermere. You can reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com. You keep your head on. Keep your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time. Can't wait for episode 163. Oh! On the Ron and Don Radio Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Oh.